0: Two, go! Okay. Welcome to Sports Med Res' This Week in Review podcast, where we highlight the recent news in sports medicine research. Over the past week, we had two posts on sportsmedres.org. That's RES.org. In the first post, we highlighted a new paper where the authors reported that former Division One athletes report worse health outcomes and greater declines in quality of life than peers who were recreationally active during college. In the second post, we highlighted a study where the authors reported that even though exertional heat stroke is extremely treatable, almost one in three clinicians report they decided against a written health illness policy, and most clinicians have not adopted all available best practices. If we take a closer look at the first post, we find that the authors conducted a five-year prospective study to assess health-related quality of life of former NCAA Division I collegiate athletes and peers who were recreationally active during college. The participants were 45 to 70 years of age. Athletes that responded to an original cross-sectional study survey were eligible to complete the five-year follow-up. Therefore, the researchers contacted 457 former Division I collegiate athletes and their peers five years after an initial study to determine how health related quality of life changed. All collegiate athletes competed at least one season in an NCAA Division I sport. In contrast, their peers never participated in a Division I sport. Instead, they regularly participated in intramural, club, or other recreational activities. Overall, 193 former Division I college athletes and 169 former recreationally active peers completed Promise questionnaires. The authors assessed the same seven Promise subscales at each time point. Specifically, they assessed sleep, depression symptoms, fatigue, pain interference, physical function, and social. Former Division I athletes weighed more, and performed less aerobic and anaerobic activity than their peers. Additionally, more Division I collegiate athletes indicated that they were diagnosed with osteoarthritis than their peers. 44% of Division I athletes also reported feeling limited in their daily life compared to only 20% from other alumni. Former Division I athletes reported worsening depression, sleep disturbance, fatigue, pain, And physical function on the promise questionnaires from baseline to five-year follow-up. In contrast, their peers experienced minimal, if any, changes in these measures of health. The authors confirmed their original findings with this new study that former Division I athletes report diminished health-related quality of life compared with their peers who were recreationally active during college. Furthermore, They found that Division I athletes experienced worsening sleep disturbance, depression, fatigue, pain, and function over just five years. In contrast, their peers remained fairly stable over time. One of the more alarming findings, yet not really surprising, was that former Division I athletes were almost twice as likely to be diagnosed with osteoarthritis while also reporting less physical activity than their peers. This finding could represent a vicious cycle where osteoarthritis-related pain impedes physical activity, leading to worsening osteoarthritis-related symptoms. While this study offers important insights into the long-term wellness of former college athletes, it is important to note that these athletes competed over 25 years ago, and collegiate sports have changed over the past few decades. We currently need more research to understand if these results apply to more recent collegiate athletes. Furthermore, we need to follow our current student athletes from active sport participation through adulthood to understand how things change as our patients age. Medical professionals should be aware of the difficulties our former collegiate athletes face. They should teach student athletes strategies to preserve their long-term wellness and when to report concerns to a health care provider. Furthermore, clinicians that see former collegiate athletes should screen these patients for diminished quality of life and reduced physical activity to ensure they receive appropriate education and interventions. Don't forget that we also share extra material on social media. This week's most popular post was a retweet about an article where the authors reported That there's a large genetic contribution to ACL injury, and clinicians may be able to use this information to counsel athletes whose close relatives have had an ACL injury. And if you're an athletic trainer who's looking for evidence-based practice CEUs, then please check out our six online evidence-based practice courses available through the Human Kinetics website. We will have links to our summaries, the courses, and the article on our website and in the show notes. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll be back next week with more sports medicine research. Until then, have a fun one.